Welcome to TalkEerie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. With us here in the studio is Derek Martin. He's the executive director for the Erie Airport Authority. Uh, Derek, welcome to our new digs here. Living good, man. Looks sharp. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> That's awesome. It's so good to not have to talk to you over Zoom. And uh, uh, it's been it's been a remarkable couple years for the airport, hasn't it? Yeah, it's uh, it's been highs and lows going along with the uh, challenges of uh, the pandemic. Uh, a lot of businesses have gone through that. Uh, yeah. People trying to find employees because <laughs> uh, people don't want to work. Just wow. a lot of things going on up and down. And we're doing uh, construction projects and things of that nature, trying to get those completed. You're seeing the workforce uh, as, a, as a tough thing, even at the airport, a, a cool job like that? I've been rejected by three interns. <laughs> Just even interns. Wow. Yeah, I, one one intern. I'll tell you a couple intern stories. So one intern <laughs> okay. uh, contacted the director of HR. Says, "Well, we appreciate the the offer. However, I'm holding out for something better, so I'm going to decline your offer. So they're going to they're wow. going to turn down a job, and they don't even have another job. Right, right, right. Uh, wow. Then we had one kid who missed the deadline. Yeah. Called and see. We we had four positions, only had three filled. And he says, I've done some research, and I, I find that other airports are paying 50% more than you. <laughs> and so we offered him, well, we offered them a job. So he did nothing on Friday, nothing on Saturday. On Sunday, nothing. Monday, we get this email that starts off like, instead of Miss Shar, Miss Kim, Kim. Yeah. Hey there. I was doing some research. <laughs> okay. And by the way, this is what I found. Wow. And I wanted to reply. Uh, we work with the local university to, to allow you to be able to get housing yes. for a 10-week period reasonably, $125 a week. You might find more money somewhere else, but you're not going to find housing in this country for $125 a week. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And so Erie Insurance has some of their students or interns. Typically, mm -hmm. they would stay there as well and, and, and do the same thing. And so you've got interns that aren't applying for to jobs or turning jobs down. And then you also have people that are applying for jobs that um, you try to offer them an interview. This yeah. happened last week. Uh, hasn't replied that they'll accept the interview. <laughs> so, <laughs> Even interviews, interviews. Is it difficult? Yeah. Wow. That's that's crazy remarkable. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's just an interesting time. You, you go around town. I remember this summer, the uh, Dairy Queen on Peach Street had a sign out can't get employees so we're not going to open up till four o'clock in the afternoon because they couldn't they didn't have employees or they were drive-through only i mean it's it's just uh amazing that there's just a lack of individuals and i know unemployment's really low but i've never experienced this in my lifetime it, it it's it that is absolutely crazy um what do you what do you do about that like uh i, I mean because you you have planes to put gas in. You have you have bags to put in. I mean, workforce. I guess I, I I would have thought that some industries would be exempt from all this. No. So what we've done is we have a that internship program, and then I stay in contact with our interns. 
uh, and to see where their career is going. Some of them yeah. actually want to come back to Erie. So one uh, intern with us our first year of the internship, he's been in Cincinnati, Ohio, working at that airport for the last uh, two and a half years, wants to come back to Erie. We had an opening, picked up the phone, said, you're interested? Yep. Can't quit his job in Cincy. He's dating, going to marry a girl from Erie, and uh, they just bought a house. Nice. So Yeah. So it's so again it's that it's it's that family circumstances that captures the the worker. Yep. All right, I, I need you to start at a thirty thousand foot view and pardon the pun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the past few months, there's been thousands of flight cancellations every week, usually hitting one or two airlines. You heard about Spirit, heard about American. Uh, I think Delta went through this. JetBlue went through this. What exactly is happening? Is it getting any better? What I mean, for a, for a layperson like me, I don't understand how there could be these these rolling cancellations like that. So I think they've tried to overschedule their flights. Um, one of the anchors for the local TV station, Belmont. Oh, uh, no, was it um, Dave? Yeah, that wasn't Dave, but it was somebody else. He was okay. a night anchor. He was yeah. he was trying to get down to Florida. Yes. He didn't fly out of Erie International. Uh-huh. He tried to fly out of Cleveland. Okay. His flight was canceled. I think Ruse, I think it was Ruzi. Yeah, Ruzi. Yeah. yeah. And then the next day they booked him out of Pittsburgh. That got canceled. So he just canceled his whole trip. So the news contacted me and said, well, how many flights this weekend were canceled out of Erie? There were none canceled out of Erie. I mean, so what's been happening is that they've been rolling the dice and now they're trying to change. So, for example... That the airlines have been rolling the dice. Yes. So the airlines are now, some of the airlines are changing. So Allegiant Air in the month of May have canceled 55 destinations uh, because they don't want to worry about pilot shortage. Over the course of the summer, um, they're canceling 18% of their flying so that they're not going to worry about uh, stranding people or having these mass cancellations. So the airlines are really cutting back on the schedules that they can run to try to make sure they can fill the schedules with crews to operate. And so what you're going to find this summer is you can fly where you want to go, but there's not going to be a lot of availability of seats uh, for people that are going to fly. So you really need to book early. Some of the airlines are changing their policy. So American Airlines changed their policy nationwide that um, they're going to stop taking check bags 45 minutes before wow. a departure. And so Even in Erie. Even in Erie. So the, and that, that was where I was going with this, is people think, well, this is Erie. Don't they know how small it is? They don't make these decisions based on one individual community. Uh, they make it system-wide. And so for the what the reason is, if you check your bag in Chicago, O'Hare, or Las Vegas 45 minutes before your flight, it's very difficult for that bag to get down to TSA, get screened, mm-hmm. and then put on a plane to yeah. take off on time. So they're trying to eliminate that piece. But that puts people that live in Erie say, well, I, I can get there in 10 minutes, 15 minutes before my flight and get on. Well, they've already started boarding 30 to 20 minutes before your flight. They right. want the door closed 20 minutes before you get on the plane. Is that right? So you need to get to the airport early. Um, Erie's not doing anything to pick on you. It's just the airlines. Um, TSA PreCheck, we're doing that again next week uh, at the airport so people can, uh, get that service. Uh, I think it's five years for $85 and that helps get them expedited through the security checkpoint, not only in Erie, but nationwide. You, you mentioned, uh, you know, what one of the anchors dealt with, there were th- literally thousands stranded last week. To me, looking at that, it's a huge disincentive to flying period. How do you think that the industry will 
get that back? Do you think that just by shrinking the number of destinations, kind of kind of simplifying their business for now while they're dealing with this workforce shortage? Is that is that their tactic? The tactic is to stop trying to maximize this flight schedule with pilots and crews. And so just to give you an example of how short the airline industry is with crews, you would never leave a hub airport at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night would be normal. Yeah. Our late departure that's coming in, from, has been coming in from Charlotte, is leaving there at 11.15 at night. Sometimes that flight gets in at 12.30 or 1 o'clock in the morning. So that plane most likely started somewhere at 5.30 in the morning, and it's been flying all day wow. with different crews to, to, to accommodate the, the passengers. And so they're trying to limit that type of um, usage so that if there's a, a break or a challenge in the schedule, they can adjust. And if they don't have any flexibility in the schedule, they can't adjust, and that creates problems system-wide. Has the, has the pressure on the pilots and the crews uh, come from the pandemic? I mean, have, did a lot of folks retire or just say, you know what, uh, the, the, the flying experience for me as a, as a member of a United or Delta or, or American is just not what I want. I don't want that out of my career anymore. Well, the airline industry, starting at the end of March 20 into April, was on life support system. Right. And so they were offering early incentives and buyouts to get people off the payroll. The problem is they cut too deep. So, and you can't blame them. I mean, Erie right. Airport's a classic example. Uh, in March 20, or April of 2020, we had 421 passengers get on planes at Erie Airport. In a whole month. In a whole month. We averaged 14 a day. Sometimes we had more crew than we had passengers on planes. Mm -hmm. But the year pr prior, we had almost 8,500 people on flights. So you can see, you can see the dramatic difference of what was taking place in the marketplace. And that's what, what has changed. And the, the other thing that people still don't realize is for the most part, they're, they're trickling back, but business travelers haven't come back. And the business travelers are the ones that are uh, you know, going out on a Sunday, coming back on a Monday, or going out on a Sunday, hitting two stops and coming back on a Friday. And that hasn't happened now. And so there's a guy at the, at the gym, he was working for Chase. He went to Penn State Baron, got a master's. He's working for Chase here in town. Then he just, for Google's sake, he um, found a job with Google yeah. in New York City. And because there haven't been back in the office, he's been living in Erie, Pennsylvania, wow. making New York wages for almost uh, 10 months. And so he's finally moving. He said, I talked to him this morning, May, he's moving there May 10th. He's got an apartment and he's moving in. And away he goes. And he, he's paying $2,400 a month for his rent in Manhattan. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, that, that's, in, that's incredible. So, so, so would you say then that we haven't, um, we haven't gotten back to that pre pan I mean, cause you're hearing some reports are saying that we've already reached pre pandemic, uh, volumes, but you're saying it's a different type of traveler. Well, we haven't hit pre we come close. Okay. We've come close a lot. So it's sometimes between we're 20 to 19, 10 to 20% off 
2019 levels. Okay. So your benchmark has to be 2019. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we're, we're still shy from that. So every day the TSA um, prints the number of passengers that uh, boarded the, the previous day. Uh, it takes them a while over the weekend because they don't work the weekends, but usually by Wednesday you'll have uh, the Saturday, uh, uh, Sunday numbers and Monday and, and Tuesday as, as they keep rolling up. It tells you how many people they screen nationwide. Gotcha. And those numbers haven't uh, increased. But the other thing is the business travelers haven't come back. So those people have worked remotely or, for example, if their company hasn't come back to the office, they're not letting you travel. Right. And yes, so yeah. it, it, it's it, it's a challenging. And every time people wanted to come back in New York, we have another round of uh, COVID that sort of dampers the spirits. Sure, of sure. Yeah. Derek, um, let's let's talk about 2021 for the airport. What was it like for you and for your team there? It was a, a great year from a standpoint. We got a lot of construction projects done. Uh, we announced in December of 2020, we launched nonstop service to Dulles on United Airlines. So we had uh, Dulles, Char Charlotte, and Chicago. So we had uh, some additional offerings for people. And, uh, you know, we, we completed the uh, revolving door projects. We repainted and restriped all the parking lots at the airport. Uh, we did a roof project. We put a new jet bridge in. We put a new terminal ramp in. So there was a lot of, it was like $14 million worth of improvements that were done at the airport from a capital per perspective. So, um, and, and were you, you got things started in 2020 when volume was way down. So you, you, the construction people didn't necessarily get in the way of uh, your passengers and your, and your apparatus, right? I mean, yeah, that, that was true. I mean, because we had less volume, we were able to do it. So you know, the classic one is the parking. Yeah. If you're trying to restripe and repave a parking lot, it's hard to have cars there uh, because they get in the way. So yeah. uh, we played musical chairs with a lot less cars versus if we were at our 2019 peak, it would have been almost next to, next to impossible to get that accomplished. Wow. So, uh, so layout now is uh, uh, rentals are moved, right? And and uh, like we're we're rental cars now because they were they were on the east side of the terminal. They so now all rental cars are picked up on, for the most part on the terminal canopy, which okay. is on the west side. So there's 32 spots that are available for the three uh, undercover undercover. Nice. So when it's raining outside or there's snow. Uh, it protects the car so people can get in and they can enjoy it. It's a short walk to the to the car as well as they return it right next to that. So, again, mm -hmm. they can walk back as they're coming to the terminal undercover and go from there. So um, nice amenities. Um, no airport this size other than Erie has that in the country, so it's it's a, a nice addition. Talk about the app, the the apparatus that are flying into these into Erie these days. Are we still dealing with like fifty seaters, eighteen seaters? What uh, what what's currently flying these days into well, Erie International? Right now we're at we're at fifty seaters. We okay. did have some seventy seaters. Okay. Uh, they went away in April. Again, this is one of those um, availability of aircraft. So American Airlines was flying. Uh, the 70 seaters that had first class as well as coach on the plane. Wow. Okay. And, um, that went away, which is unfortunate because it added more capacity in the community, more seats, more people going to destinations. We were filling it. Um, last summer, American airlines was averaging 98% load factor on their, all their flights in and out of Erie. So when you, you're at 98% on a 70 plane af, uh, aircraft, and now you go to a 50 plane, you're filling your aircraft and you've got more people that want to use the service than we have capacity. But isn't, you know, as the airport director, wouldn't you rather them 
add a flight pair, you know, a, a coming and going uh, on a 50 to have more times uh, to fill? Or Oh, there's a question. The economics of a 50-seat aircraft is not the same economics of a 70-passenger aircraft. Okay. And so you'll, you'll get the business travel or the pay-for-business class where there is no business class in the 50-seater. Gotcha. You, you, you also, the economics from a fuel perspective of the 50 is not as good as on the 70-seat uh, aircraft. So if we were in 2019 and the pandemic didn't hit, American was working to add a third frequency. They were. Uh, with a 70-seat aircraft. They were going to go to all 70-seat aircraft in and out of Erie. But the pandemic sort of... Uh, Put the gabosh to that. Yes. Wow. All right. So so right now, our city pairs are what? Uh, Chicago and Charlotte okay. out of Erie. So we lost Dulles, and they, they kicked, what, 40-some cities off of Dulles? Oh, well, there's 14 cities that, 14? that, that lost Dulles service uh, because of, of cruise availability so it wasn't just erie it was 14 yeah. other cities and, and every city that they did that to was bigger than erie seriously yeah. okay wow well and and again we is this a situation where we're kind of waiting that out well all these airlines have trying to do something different so united has actually started a flight academy that they're basically mm -hmm. funding to develop pilots so those pilots can start flying their planes. So that's in Phoenix, Arizona area. And so you can go online, Google it. If there's a, a young person in town or even a little older that is interested yeah. in flying, you can contact United Airlines, sign up. Do you necessarily have to have Air Force or Navy pilot experience to, to do all that? No, that, that was funny. When they promoted their program, one of the people they highlighted was a guy who used to be like a uh, – a maintenance man or ex firefighter and he just something he wanted to do but he never got a chance to do it wow. and so because of that experience he applied he got in and he's gone from uh, firefighter to uh, airline pilot commercial commercial airline pilot that's that's amazing so um, so we we have United and American right. uh, Delta pulled out really early 2020 right I mean July 2020 is that what it was mm -hmm. okay what what are, what are they saying? Because that was that was your number one in terms of market share in 2019 was Delta, right? Right. They were about a 42% market share. They ran a three-flight schedule in and out of Erie. You could get on a plane on the West Coast at 10 and 30, 11 o'clock at night, get to Detroit and be in Erie by about 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. In the morning, yeah. Work all day, get on a plane that night, fly back to Detroit, and be on the West Coast at 11 o'clock at night. So from a 24-hour perspective, you could have flown from the West Coast into Erie, did your business and got back on the road. And so we just don't have that, that flexibility, but what people, and that was a very much of a business standpoint, right? right. They had business travel. They had three flights a day. Yeah. And with that three flight frequency allows somebody to get here in the morning. And, uh, what, what were they flying? Were they flying, they were flying a 50 passenger, a 50 passenger. Yeah. 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 Wow. So you know, it was a loss of 150 seats uh, a day in and out of the community. But one of the things people don't realize is that, Delta did not accept any money from the federal government. There are some folks that were upset. Okay. Not that Delta took money. Delta didn't take Delta money. Didn't take it, money. It's sort of like if you remember the uh, car rental industry. Yeah. Uh, they went to testify, and one senator said to Ford, well, you took our money, taxpayer dollars, and you did this, you did that. Well, sir, we didn't take your money. Yeah. And so um, the other thing is Delta has made a business decision to retire the 50-passenger regional channel. Oh, okay. So, so, so this is a presentation. Oh. that I was at in uh, early in February. And one of the slides in here basically says that they plan to retire 
the CRJ. Right, the 200. 200 yeah. series that was flying in the Erie. They were going to retire 45, and that's going to leave 17 planes, what they call on prorate, which means that they work with SkyWest or another carrier yeah. to yeah. fly those planes on their behalf. Yeah, and so the way that we're trying to get Delta to consider the market or SkyWest is on that prorate. And without those uh, that plane, Delta is not interested. So the, another thing the slide shows is that they're, what they're replacing it with. So you think they replace a 50-passenger seat plane with, you know, 67 seats, 70 seats. Right. They're, they're replacing with an Airbus 220-100 or an Airbus 220-300. Uh, the t 100 holds 190 seats. Oh my! 109 goodness. seats. Yeah. And the 300 and 130 seats. So you can see. Is that like a, a DC9 kind of? Uh, yeah. Or MD80. Yeah, DC9. I'm, I'm, I'm dating myself, but you know. Well, the the A the A319 yeah. is about the, the similar size uh -huh. uh, from a from a passenger perspective. So you can see that they've upgaged the plane and it, they've made it from a, a a standpoint that you're not going from a 50 seat plane. To a plane that holds 130 seats to go between here and Detroit, they can find more, uh, more advantageous markets to right, put that plane. Right, a bigger amount markets. Yeah. Derek, let's grab a let's grab a phone call here. Hey, caller, you're live with Joel Natale and Derek Martin on Talk Eries. Thanks for waiting. Yes, hi. How you doing? We're doing great. Uh, this is Lou. El yeah, Lou Aliota from Mill Creek Township. Hey, I just wanted to ask uh, Derek. A couple of questions. You're going to have to like answer, <laughs> ask the question, and then we'll let him answer off the air because of our how our sure. system works. Right. Um, Go ahead, Lou. Two two questions. What's happening with the sale of the real estate property of the airport, uh, which is, is is being questioned uh, by the uh, by the public? And the residents of Mill Creek Township. And the second, the second question is: I, I've been attending the board meetings, and wasn't it uh, Mr. Martin who fired uh, and laid off uh, fifty percent of the staff at the airport? I'd appreciate a, uh, a response. Thank you again. And, um, okay. Hey. Thank you, Lou. Appreciate uh, bye -bye. it. Bye-bye. All righty. Uh, so, uh, Derek, a, you know, a concerned citizen. Uh, so uh, is, there, is, is there some real estate of the airport for sale right now? Or uh, there's a, There has been no change in the uh, situation. There's legal, legal litigation. The uh, people that live on Wilkin Road were told that a couple of months ago. Um, we're in legal litigation with the proposed buyer and at this time okay. we can't make any further comments on sure. that. Um, uh, the comment about 50% of the people being fired at the airport is an incorrect statement. Um, people have left. We've had one lady, her husband worked for um, United Airlines, went to mechanic school, got a job in Tucson, Arizona, so she quit the airport to go to Tucson. Okay. We've had uh, multiple people retire from uh, different parts of the airport and they've left and some of those positions have not been refilled. So the statement that 50% have been fired is an incorrect um, statement. Let, let's go back to flights and flight pairs. Um, let, let, stay on the kind of the, the, is it the big four anymore, Derek? What, what, what are we, the big airlines, and then you have the low-cost airlines. So there's a big three in Southwest. There's the big three in Southwest. And then okay. there's uh, ultra-low-cost carriers, uh, United, are. 
Fr- Frontier, Spirit, JetBlue, uh, Allegiant, and then there's some new startups, Avello, and some other companies as well. Okay. So from the big three in Southwest, uh, right now we have United and American Service, uh, a city pair each. Um, would your strategy, given what you were telling us about Delta and Delta kind of uh, transitioning to larger, larger apparatus, that is Delta a lost cause for Erie, even though we were, again, they used to have, you know, uh, you know, a huge market share when they were going. Well, again, it's they've determined that they're they're getting rid of the aircraft. Yeah. So that 50 passenger aircraft, they're not flying anymore. Okay. So they made a corporate decision not to fly the aircraft. So our only options is they ha- had a partner called SkyWest that mm-hmm. operated that aircraft. They still Delta Connection. Delta, Delta Connection. They can do what's called on a prorate, which means the SkyWest is the one that would have to take the risk, not Delta. That route will be successful. The last conversations we had with them is they're waiting for business travel to come back in the Northeast. Okay. And for some reason, Erie, Pennsylvania is in the Northeast. I thought the Northeast was New York, Boston, <laughs> right. Hartford. But we've, we've moved to another part of the country I was unaware of. Right. And, but to, to their point is, is business traveler hasn't come back. And until they come back in, in masses, and what they're looking for is, are people going in and out of New York? Are the yeah. numbers going in and out of New York? Uh, and those major markets, and then that's going to drive their decision whether they're going to come back into whatever markets they want to go to. Okay, so they're concentrated on on the New York, uh, the big. Uh, well, they're using that. They're using that as a gauge. I mean, if, okay. if, if the metropolitan New York, um, you know, insurance companies, airplanes, or mm-hmm. um, banks, yeah, if those folks aren't in the office and they're not working, then they're not flying. Are we in the same boat as a, a Rochester or Allentown, Bethlehem East? I'm thinking of, of similar markets like ours, Harrisburg, uh, Avoca, you know, Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, you know. I mean, are they all in this, are we all in the same boat when it comes to these regional airlines and the lack of, uh, lack of crew and the lack of apparatus? Well, I think every airport in the country is in, in the same boat. I mean, when you when well, I, I when, feel like I feel like Nashville's not dealing with this, or Austin's not dealing with this. Well, so <laughs> so here we go. Yeah. So the list fifty five cancellations that um, were listed: uh, Austin to Albuquerque, Austin to AMA. I don't know where that is. Austin yeah. to Louisville, Kentucky. Austin to, to so they lost a lot of city yeah, Austin, themselves. Yeah, Austin to. Um, Northwest Arkansas. So there's a lot of, you know, cities that are losing service as well because of the pandemic. So yeah. it's, it's, it's not, um, you know, small airports, small airports are losing the, some of the connectivity with the, um, the big three, mm-hmm. but other people lose the big three as well as some of this other service. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Um, let's, let's talk about the low cost airlines. Uh, um, well, be, no, before I do that, I want to ask you about, you know, there's that uh, underserved airport subsidy that the, that the federal government will help with dollars to help subsidize. Yeah, that's a, a small community care. air service grant. Yeah. Okay. So are we looking at that for another link to the big three or are we going to use that for one of these uh, one of these leisure uh, uh, hookups? Here? So we submitted a grant, uh, I think it was on in March 15th of this year. Uh, to the Department of Transportation for a small community air service grant to allow us to try to go after a low-cost carrier to provide us nonstop service from Erie to a Florida destination the way okay. it was determined. So we're working uh, 
with the DOT with that grant application. Hopefully they were successful, and then we'll be working with airlines to try to get an airline to fly between Erie, say, Orlando or Erie and Tampa. Okay, so we're looking at looking at the mid uh, mid Florida kind of market there. This re- this yeah. region, if you count uh, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Buffalo, and Erie, the number one destination is Orlando. Is it really? Okay. Yeah. How about that? I mean, you've taught you've taught us about slots, landing slots, right? Is it is it difficult in some of those markets to get a landing slot like it is in in the Northeast in the in the corridor? No, it's typically more. The, the Floridas are, are wide open, okay. not wide open, but there's space available. Uh, the slots are typically in New York, LaGuardia, Kennedy, um, and uh, uh, DC, and, right? And Washington, uh, Reagan. Reagan, Reagan. okay. Yep. Okay. And the, um, and, and you think that that would be a regional draw for you, right? If you were to get a, a, an Orlando or even a Tampa City pair. Right. I mean, our, catchment area is what it's called would expand so instead of okay. something 30 miles away now we'll be attracting people from jamestown see people that are south of meadville uh astabula and maybe further west our our area that people would be willing to drive to for that service grows by having that quality product here sure didn't didn't at one point youngstown have an allegiant pair to florida yeah and they lost theirs right they have no air service there that's correct i mean that's a bigger town than ours but they have no air service no air service that's not in the realm of possibility for us right derek no i don't think so i mean uh, we 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 continue to fill the seats that we have we just don't have enough seats i mean if you look at 2019 numbers 107,000 people board an airplane in Erie, Pennsylvania. So 214 plus passengers use the Erie International Airport. Uh, obviously, in 20, we went down because of the pandemic. Everybody yeah. went down. If you look at some of the numbers across the country, some airports, and we had seen some double-digit increases in 2019, right? We had double-digit increases in 18, double-digit increase in 19, and starting the month of January, February, we had double-digit increase. So we were on a steady trajectory moving mm-hmm. forward, and then. Uh, the pandemic hit. We recovered in a little bit in um, twenty in twenty one. I think we got up to sixty eight thousand uh, people boarding planes in Erie versus twenty nineteen one hundred seven. So again, okay. the, the, that's basically the Delta component. Right. Yeah. The, those lost seats um, don't ger- generate passengers, but we're filling the seats that we have. So our our challenge is to keep making the airport viable, keep making sure the infrastructure is set and continue to tell our story to the air carriers that, you know, this is a vile market. So right now I'm in the process of starting the negotiations with American and United to redo our uh, airline service agreement, and that will uh, hopefully take us from 23, 24, and 25. Okay, another three more years. Yes. I wonder if there's a parallel here. Follow me on this. You know, at one point the Major League Baseball team said, we need to upgrade all of our minor leagues, you know, and it, it caused us to spend close to $20 million on our ballpark, and, and, and they raised the specs to a certain level. Is there a parallel with that when it comes to these secondary markets in the aviation world? No, because the airlines just want a facility that operates in effective and efficiently and at, at a low cost. They, they don't... You know the th- the thrills don't impress them. I Interesting. Mean, because they're not here that long. I mean, if you th- you think about the an airplane, other than the ones that stay overnight, it comes in, it's on the ground for thirty minutes, and it leaves. 
all they, they want is be able to get through security, have their passengers be able to pick up their bags, check their bags, and hopefully there's a restaurant that they can use when they get here, mm-hmm. and there's you know car rentals or ground transportation to get them from point A to point B. Um, they, they don't really care what the facility looks like. I mean, Harrisburg built what the airlines called the mausoleum, and some airlines pulled out because you built these fancy things, but you want the airlines to pay for it. They don't want to pay for it, ah. those things because they're not generating a lot of revenue there basically connecting them through their hubs. So when the airlines spend money, they spend money at their bigger facilities, whether it's LAX, sure. um, New York, JF, uh, JFK, New York, LaGuardia. That's where they're spending money. They, they don't want to spend money in small communities. Yeah, they, they And they need to spend money in places like that because right. some of them have had deferred maintenance for, you know, yeah. for years. Right. right? Uh, so, okay. So, it, it, you know, we have we have the safe runway. We have an adequate, I would say it's, it's pretty, I mean, we've spent millions in, in recent years. Talk about amenities. Is, is the restaurant still going? The restaurant's still going. It's been a, um, actually a, a great enhancement when we changed the, um, the restaurant and put it on, I call the right side of the terminal building. Some people say, well, I can't come in and get a sandwich. Well, the, the terminal building restaurant is meant for passengers, not for people coming in and think they want to have a sandwich. Right. Uh, so, so it's on the security side. Secure side. So what happens, though, if you have a delay, those people go into the restaurant, they have breakfast, they have lunch, they have a drink, and they relax and they unwind. And so that's what that's for. So that's allowed us to be able to have an offering that wasn't offered before. As somebody said, the basic thing they want, be nice, I'm getting on a flight at 6 a.m. in the morning to get a cup of coffee. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. So that's working out. Your your jet bridges, you just... Added another one, right? Yeah, we just purchased another jet bridge. We installed that, so now we have four jet bridges. The reason we did that was uh, United was uh, doing Dulles service, American was uh, adding in another service, and we had Delta. Uh, we were having Delta, so the thought was not having somebody get on a plane in Erie, Pennsylvania, and have to walk outside mm-hmm. on, on a ramp that with snow yeah. and ice. Yeah. It's a safer condition, so. Uh, now we have available four jet bridges, and depending on the time of day, there should be no reason why somebody has to walk outside to get on a plane. Talk about general aviation. Um, I know there's been some changes out on on the Asbury side of the airport. You, you've done some improvements, um, but the flight school moved, right? And, and so how are FBO operations going? So we had two flight schools at the airport. Okay. Uh, one moved to Meadville, and the other one uh, is still at the Erie Airport. Gotcha. And the FBO is doing well um, because these beautiful days we've been having the last few days, a lot of private jets have flown in and out of Erie. And they come in and get fuel. They've had a great run during the pandemic. Is that an important part of your budget, that kind of uh, activity there? Well, the FBO is important because without an FBO, you're not going to have an airline here because they have to do the de-icing. They have to do the, the fueling of the aircraft. All those services have to be done by usually typically a third party, and, and they're I better see. suited to do that than through the airport. The other thing is... Um, we have customs and border protection. So during the pandemic, we had Canadians flying down here to get their their vaccinations because they couldn't get them in Toronto. So you would have private jets, private helicopters flying down from Canada to do those sort of things. So it was just an interesting dynamic that took place that, that was on that side of the airport. Most people don't know that's happening over there, but it's an important piece. And and the, um, you know, as, as, as far, I'm losing my chain of thought here, but as, as far as... Uh, everything working you know I, I wanted to ask you about public safety 
and you know the fire and and all that stuff and the infrastructure with the run with the runway itself and the lighting and all all that's all working well yeah there's no issues with any, okay. any, any of that stuff so. did, did you get new apparatus for the fire department yeah we bought it we got a new fire truck so we okay. had two they were basically obsolete or they okay. and so we got uh, a new one that's actually environmentally friendly so the 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 um, it's called A-triple-up. It's a foam that suppresses the oxygen in a pl plane if it catches on fire. Yeah. Um, that has effects on the environment, and you're supposed to test it on an annual basis. We bought a, a truck that allows you to test that system without discharging it into the environment. Okay. So uh, was it like $940,000 for this fire truck? Um, a million-dollar fire truck. Oh, yeah. Jeez. There's there's no cheap date. <laughs> <laughs> that's in, that's incredible, Terry. There's no cheap date though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, let's. Oh yes. Let's talk about the, let's talk about the mass uh, because again that that was the big story last week, right? With the Florida judge coming down with the idea of. Of uh, removing the with the CDC and the FAA's, um, or the CDC telling the FAA that we needed to have masks on board. Where where does masking stand in Erie International and for those that are entering the airplanes? So the CDC was a recommendation for masks, and it was carried out by the Transportation Amer Administration. It was a security directive. Okay. So they didn't. So because it came from the CDC, the judge. Uh, overturned that they said well we'll get rid of our security directive and so right now the federal government is suing um, on behalf of the CDC that to basically allow people uh, for the government during you know in situations of emergency ha have a situation where they can do this I think this is a long-term play okay. currently at the airport you don't have to wear a mask All right. uh, and you and you have to check with your air carriers. What about your employees? Are they wearing masks or no? No. Okay. No, but you have to check with the air carrier because some some require it, some don't. So uh, people said, "Well, what are you going to do, Derek?" Well, I'm going to a conference in Seattle. <laughs> okay. And I'm wearing a mask. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, okay. the challenge is, what you don't know is if who's been vaccinated, who's not been vaccinated, right. and you could be sitting next to somebody who's not vaccinated and, and breathing that, that the the air. Planes are safe, um, but it's safer if you have a mask on. Particularly because you don't know who you're going to be um, sitting yeah. next to, or but I mean the the plane with the HEPA filter that that all that is real, right? Yeah, I mean it, it's one of the safest places to be is on an airplane. But again, you know, a mask or an N95 mask helps helps your opportunity to to maintain safe. And sure. when you're on a flight that's going to last six hours, um, yeah, if you're going all that way, yeah. amazing. Well, I think we're, we're running out of time here. I appreciate you reminding me about the mask. Uh, you know, as we look, as we think about next spring, I, I, well, let me ask you this. Do you have any pointers for those that are planning on traveling, you know, from May to September? Again, this is our active uh, tourism time, right? Right. I, I think if you're, you're traveling by aircraft, one of the things you really need to be concerned about is your ground transportation at your, your downline destination. And whether that's a rent-a-car, Uber, or Lyft, there has been a been a shortage. Uh, I went down. I can't remember. It was in early 21, but I I went to a conference in Orlando, and uh, I got a rent-a-car. I was lucky, but they were charging uh, surcharges for Uber and Lyft for 10-mile ride was 60 bucks. Oh my! And so, and then some locations were sold out of rent-a-car. So you might want to really make sure that that uh, there's availability for what you're looking for 
to think you're going to get off the plane and say, I need to rent a car, uh, there's about a 95% chance you're not going to get a car. So there's just things that you might have taken for granted in the past when you travel. You might want to make sure that you have in place even your hotel reservation. Um, Enterprise, for example, right now is if you have a rental car, a reservation with Enterprise a week before, they send you an email to confirm that you're still taking that car because okay. they, they don't want, they're trying to limit the, the no-shows and those sort of things. So it, it's a different dilemma. You're just not going to show up and, you know, think you're going to find something. It's sort of like when people come to town, they ask, where's our taxis? Well, the guy that ran the taxi company uh, passed away. Yes. The family didn't want to take over the business, so there's yeah. no taxi company. So um, we have services available here in town to get people around, but it's it's not something that you can just sort of take for That's not something that the airport wants to get involved in, is it? Oh, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, think about it. Like, there's no taxi in Erie, Pennsylvania. That's- Correct. After, I think there's Nelson. after decades yeah. of having the yellow cab. Yeah, I think Nelson. I think the name of the company. Yeah, yeah. They 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 provide services. They're on our website. Okay. So, so the people that have services in Erie, they're on our website. Passengers that are coming from out of town have been instructed to to go there and and they can connect and, and make them. their arrangements. We also have the wonderful ETM. EMT yeah. uh, uh, bus stop at the airport as well. Sure. But again, some people just don't feel comfortable getting on a bus after you got on a plane to get to their final destination. Right, so, right. yeah, uh, it, it, it seems like it's it, it's getting harder. Hopefully, it'll get easier one of these days. Right. But, but don't hold your breath. No, it's it's we're still going to be coming out of this pandemic. You know, the, the thing with the the cars is the chips. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. those chips. You know, if you went to a car dealer. And I'll, I saw some car dealers in town where their showroom was chairs and tables because they didn't have any cars. It was just kind of crazy. It is. Derek Martin, the executive director of Erie Airport Authority. We wish you well, sir. Thank you. Thanks. Have a great day. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com. <laughs>